It's that time of year again, celebrating movies that we watch. Oh, it's like a Robert Goulet thing you had going. <laughs> Goulet. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Jordan Lowe coming to you for the 2021 Hooball Awards from the Pop Culture Podcast. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm the Poobah. But uh, I'm not feeling very Poobah right now. Poobalicious. Drop we, that in uh, there, Cliff. <laughs> we, we're doing our draft this year like we did last year with our f- fantasy system. And we pre-picked which picks we get. And Poobalicious. I'm not very high up on the list of picks, so, so we're going to call these the Cat Daddy Awards or something. So, Poobalicious. Now, uh, yeah, this is one of another one of our longest running traditions. Every year, Seth, our resident film lover, who watched as way more movies that probably as many as me and Cliff put together every year, would go right. to travel to bigger cities to watch the indies, rent some via demand. You know, really makes an effort to make makes an effort to go see these all the latest movies, all the Oscar nominees, all that sort of stuff. So Seth knows his stuff when it comes to the quality films of the year, and he every year he counted them down. Well, we've yeah. instituted this new system of where we kind of collaboratively come up with a list. It's really bit you. <laughs> it really bit me this time. <laughs> so let me, let me tell you, first off, how many movies did we all see here? How many movies did you see, Cliff? 25, I counted. Jordan. I saw 38, which was two more than last year. Only 36 last year, 38 this year. I saw 59. So that's it pretty feels low. Less. That feels, it's low. That's yeah, the lowest like, ever. So a lot of stuff just what didn't come out. They mm. keep pushing stuff. Yep. And there was a lot of good TV. So that's what I watched. Um, anyway, we predetermined here our brackets or you know you know our list of who gets what picks and i'm going to break it down for anyone if you want to write down or care who's picking and why and what special powers they have here so uh i will have pick i have column c i will we're only doing we're doing a top 11 if that sounds crazy to you that's how it is sorry last year we did a top seven just me and jordan but to me jordan cliff this year and it's going to be a top 11. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good. I, ha- I have column C. I am picks 11, 10, 6, and 3. And I also I have a power I can do one veto of someone else's pick. Now, if you veto someone's pick, that does not mean that it cannot be picked higher. It's just you veto it, maybe. It goes away and never comes back because they have something better ranked above that, or maybe they maybe I'm vetoing it because I want to pick it myself even higher. Um, I also have a veto override. I can't use it. Like if someone vetoes a pick, I can override it, not one of my own. If someone vetoes my pick, I can't do it. But if like Cliff vetoed Jordan's, I can override that and say nope. I agree. That has happened before. Um, now Cliff is column B. He is picks nine, eight, five, and two. And he only has one special power. 
He has one veto. And Jordan is column A. He only has three picks where each Cliff and I each have four, but but Jordan's in the sweet spot. He has picks seven, four, and numero uno. And he has two vetoes to protect mm. that number one pick. If he wants to make sure it stays there, he's gotta he's gotta cleverly use those two vetoes, which I could which see we have never done in yeah. the history of it. Yeah, I, I could totally tonight. see. Yeah, I could totally see, you know, no vetoes getting used. It's happened before, or I could see us all use them and making a big mess here. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So another another caveat here: uh, yeah. we are not the Oscars. We are not. No, we are not the Critics' Choice Awards. We are not. We have not. We are not professional critics. We haven't seen every movie that's come out to objectively choose. So these are our favorites. They are our personal list. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen yet. My list could change in six months once I've finally seen all these movies. So this is a snapshot in time of what touched our, what we happened to see that touched us the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the Kapow list. Um, I'm going to start off with what one thing I want to say. I'm, I'm scrolling down here. I'm going to say, what's the worst movie I saw this year? Oh, I got that. What's yours? My worst movie coming in just under Dawn of the Beast, which was a low budget movie where Bigfoot fought Wendigos. <laughs> so worse than that yeah. was the woman in the window, that Amy Adams movie on oh, Netflix. Yeah, I remember oh. was so horrendously done. Yeah. Said it felt like aliens writing a movie, how people would act. It made no sense. It was you ridiculous. convinced me not to watch it. I never watched it. I I feel like you, you should just to see how terrible it is. But I don't think so. I may watch those you should, Wendigos. You should, yeah, you but... should watch Dawn of the Beast. It was pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It was it was number 37 on your list. <laughs> um my worst movie of the year would also be my most I didn't get it they did and I didn't because it got really good reviews you've never heard of it it's called Boiling Point and it was uh, it's described as a head chef balances multiple personnel and professional crises at a popular restaurant in London and this is a one take one of those movies that they just do in an hour and a half or whatever and just the camera keeps running. They've got it all choreographed to do this. And it's supposed to be like an hour and a half at this busy restaurant, you know, high-end restaurant. Just all the stresses of being a chef running this restaurant and all the employees. And people loved it. Like, it got all kinds of good reviews. Like, this is just so good. And all this. I, It's my least favorite, not only because I didn't like it, but it just it actively made me mad. <laughs> like i i was i was so mad watching this movie and i was actually surprised because i feel like most people have worked in restaurants not most but a lot of people in high school you worked at a fast food place or something but i i would think some of these reviewers might have also worked in restaurants when they're young but i worked in restaurants for like 15 years and 
this movie did not depict realistically to the degree I needed to be convinced that like all the reviews are like, oh, wow, the stress and how it fast paced and yet and all this stuff. It was not like that at all. They were describing something that was not on the screen mm. compared to my experience in restaurants. They, they, they were doing things like showing the employees the stresses like they were uh, doing good the subject matter of like, yeah, these employees are dating and this girl, the hostess is, is flirting with the bartender while things are, while they're busy and stuff. But, but it was all just at such a slow pace that it, that it was not really how it is in a restaurant. If you're busy, all the million things are happening at once. So like somebody, uh, somebody's steak wasn't done right and they took it back to the kitchen and they spent all this time talking, you know, complaining about it. And it, that was all real. But while that's happening, you would also still be cooking for a restaurant full of people. You would not stop for 10 minutes and talk about this. And the world stops. That's not how it works at all. It's a, uh, I, I, it's a balance. You, it, it, it is. This movie could have been great, showing the choreography of a kitchen, doing all the. You know, it is a art. <laughs> you know, I to all, everyone working together, putting these plates out, and they didn't do any of that in this movie, and it frustrated the heck out of me. Why anyone was impressed by it? I hated it. <laughs> Okay, let's count out some good moments. Which we want to preface this by saying there weren't a lot of fantastic movies that we're feeling really strongly about, I don't think. So this ought to be an interesting list. I want to preface this also of like some of the best movies or like the most quality movies were also not very fun and like weren't really enjoyable to watch. (laughs) There's a lot of depressing stuff. The stuff that's like getting awards buzz wasn't wasn't the fun stuff. So True. Balancing act. So eleven. I don't know what to do here. I'm starting it off at number eleven. I only get four picks, so I have to just basically pick my number four. Unless you know, I got it's this balance of what are other people going to pick? Are you going to pick some of this stuff for me? I don't know. I'm going to say at my number eleven. It's kind of it's not a straight strictly a movie, but uh, I would say I'm gonna go with the documentary of the Beatles Get Back. I thought that was a phenomenal experience to watch those eight hours or whatever, and yeah, maybe it felt like a TV series or whatever, but just seeing these moments of these guys, you know, like living with them for the couple of days it took me to watch that, and. seeing them in the studio and that footage and them you know the big moment paul writing get back pulling it from the ether sitting there while i mean john john's not even there He, he he's not even there yet he was late all the time but uh they're they're sitting there paul doodles around and just all of a sudden just starts coming up with the song get back and it's just amazing to watch this something you've heard your whole life and watch these guys these guys create it meanwhile Ringo and George are sitting there like paying no attention and whenever when they would play a song for the first time it it would pop up on the screen what the song was Mm -hmm. and 
the classic thing that was so neat to see was every time it would always say Lennon McCartney because they took equal credit for everything that they wrote. And John wasn't even there <laughs> when that happened. So when it pops up, Lennon McCartney, I'm like, ah, that's a real slap in the face, John. <laughs> you weren't even uh, on the street. Uh, but then ultimately building up to the rooftop concert and the police trying to get up at them and stuff and just seeing these, you know, how people reacted to them at the time and how, and them planning this whole album and, you know, this live concert and knowing that it was the end of them shortly right. thereafter and finding out, you know, I, you know, how it really was. So I liked it. I liked it too. Um, I really hope we get more projects like this from big time filmmakers that, you know, this found footage almost, and they just are like, what are we going to use? We're going to use it all. This is, we're just going to, do you know, they documented what happened for real. We're going to put it out there and preserve it forever. Um, and now that we can look back and see the historical significance of the entire, you know, project um, and what really went down. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. So that was my number 11. Anybody have any uh, objections? Hopefully the longest thing on this list. <laughs> it's, it's the longest movie on this list. It, it barely qualifies as a movie. But it's number 11, not even in the top 10. Guys. Just, I really don't know what to do way up here on this. I feel like I'm not going to say one of my top ones and you guys are going to pick it. That's going to be a problem. Who's got number um, 10? I do. That's the problem. I have to do it again right now. 10. Yeah, I, that's the other, that's the other uh, calculation you have to make. It's like, what have we all seen? Like, is there a chance mm, somebody's going to pick something? Yeah. Like, they might never, not even have seen it. Might not be on their radar. Yeah, I don't know. I purposely didn't even ask if you had seen some of these movies, but I'm assuming some you didn't. Um, you have to give me just a second. Wow. I'm going to put to do another oddball and then just see what happens after this. Cause if, luckily it's a year that I'm, my heart's not set on a bunch of stuff. I know I can get in my top couple. This is a movie again, loosely a movie, but it was, it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so loosely a movie. Loosely a movie. Good enough. Came out. Uh, it technically didn't even come out this past year, but it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a movie. It didn't come out this year. <laughs> it's a coloring book. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. We were, ha, did not have the ability to see this until this year, but it was way back at the beginning of the year. And it was released on Hulu, directed by Frank Oz. It was the performance of Derek Delgado's In and of Itself. And oh, that, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Every secret has a unique weight to it, and you can only carry them for so long. You think this is a performance. You see a man in a theater. There's an audience. 
It is difficult to see past what this looks like. You can see it for what it is, or you can imagine what it could be. Before you came in here, there was a wall. Maybe you chose something you feel reflects who you really are in this world. The conceptual artist, the teacher. Someone here is an idiot. Idiot, wherever you are, please raise your hand. That's about right. Uh, <laughs> I come here day after day after day and attempt to defy some odds. I do not expect you to believe anything you're seeing. It was he is a magician and he cultivated this act that he put on over a period of time and had it it combined, you know, Frank Oz filmed this and it combined it over time. A lot of moments from the act. He did the same act every night, but you know, got different shots. It's very well filmed and um, just showing how this went down. And it's, it was a, supposed to, you know, elicit a lot of emotion from you. You know, it, it was a, it was kind of, you know, modern magic really is yeah. what it is where they try yeah. to introduce a story into it. And this is the best version of that I've ever seen. Um, there are parts of it that, you know, are just card tricks and stuff. And that, you know, kind of take, took me a little bit out of it, but ultimately the highlights of this, and I highly recommend it. And I, it's on Hulu, but he is, you know, kind of uh, examining his life. It's a, a little late on thick about, um, you know, just examining the problems in his life. He grew up with a, his um, mom was gay and, it, you know, the pro how he was bullied because of that and stuff. But um, he, the audience, when you arrive, to the show they have a thing set up outside and it is that says at the top i am and then underneath there are like you know however many people could possibly be in the audience there are little cards that say could say scientist um a yeah. mother yeah a babysitter a believer uh a you know a, a podcaster a million different things you know from facts to you know just oddball you know ideas uh, but uh, you know you could pick whatever in the moment you want you felt like you related to and then you go in you just pick that you don't wear it or anything you just that's what you picked when you went in you go sit down um and then he does his act also part way through he he said he asks someone if they will come to the next show and he explains that they're not going to get to stay for all of this show and he he's he doesn't he's kind of said that at the you know at the end of this show you're going to see an elephant and and that the i there's an i it's a concept you know that goes along with the show and but and then he introduces, he basically says, you're, you're going to be Mr. Tomorrow. 
and he shows like multiple people like i said they're showing from different shows so all these people that chose to be that and then he'll, he'll say and this is miss yesterday and and he has this book that he never gets to keep he hands it he takes it from the yesterday person and hands it to the tomorrow person and but in between that person that had it yesterday comes in and reads what they put in it and they're supposed to put what they where they left that well will they write what they saw yesterday in their own words and then they write how they think the show ended even though they had not seen that yet and then they give it to the next person and people really went all out putting all this stuff in it it just isn't a you know a neat experience also there's moments where these people get let this is the magic trick you know so um he he has letters he'll hand people that are addressed to him where people send him letters and he gives it to someone he pulled out of the audience and shows all these people from all these shows opening letters where where it, the letter may say on the back father mother sister brother cousin best friend da, 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 all this stuff and they just pick a random letter and it turns out it's like from this person, you know, in their life. And it's like, how did you do this type thing? How, how did you randomly pick me? And how is there a letter from them? And, you know, it's just brings people to tears in the watching it. So, but ultimately my favorite moment of the whole thing is the, it is, I'm sure it's a simple nothing trick where he's figured out how to, uh, keep track of all this stuff but he knows at the end of the show he could, he has memorized who everyone is in the audience and uh, whoever whatever whatever card they picked and he asked them you uh if you picked a card just as a joke like if you're like i'm a ninja you know and you don't really identify you don't want to be considered that person sit down but if you picked a card that you really feel that's who you are and want to be recognized as, as it you know, stay standing it says, because they say to actually be something, you have to think you are that and someone has to acknowledge it. And he look, he walks up and says, you are a single mother. And just the effect of someone stayed standing and he looks them in the eye and knows, first off, they're not expecting him to know what they picked, but he is acknowledging them as that is amazing. The number one moment in the movie is this guy is looking at him and he looks over at this guy standing there and you, he realizes he's figuring out, okay, what card did that guy pick through whatever system he has? And then he's realizing he's about to acknowledge to this guy and he just says, you're nobody. That's the card that guy picked. And just the look on that guy's face is, <laughs> I mean, it's it's an emotional magic, you know, show that I think everybody should see. There's tons of moments in that in it, and you know, I I, I think Stephen Colbert produced it or something. He had yeah. he had funded yeah. it and stuff or had something to do with it. Like a lot of people, you know, people were like blown away by the show and stuff, and it's it's good. Yeah, that was the story. Colbert saw the show live and was so touched by it, he, he said more people need to experience this. So put his production company behind it. So I just wanted to get, you know, if you never heard of it, you should check it out. So that's at number 10, Derek Delgado is in and of itself. So that puts us 
Uh, we unless, didn't even ask, veto? His magic trick is yeah. not even asked for a veto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to veto it? And in order, that would be uh, uh, Jordan would have to decide first. Are you vetoing? I My only thought is, Cliff, what would have been the reaction? Because this is a filmed performance as a movie. Yes. If Cliff had walked in here and said his favorite movie there was Hamilton. Oh, that's would like, that have slid? It was released as a bit. Would yeah. that have slid? Okay. It was on some people's list that year. Yeah, okay. year before. So, yeah. yeah. So if you can admit that, I will allow this to go. But you can veto me. I can talk about more movies. No, it seems like a very... And I said, in a year where we're desperate for uh, <laughs> good, positive emotions, this was this <laughs> feels necessary. What about you, Cliff? Veto no. Nine. Okay. Number nine, Cliff will make his first pick. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I'll be the first one to pick a real movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you give me these high up picks. I got to <laughs> reach back. No. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm just going to. Mine's a puppet show that was filmed. <laughs> Yes. With claymation. <laughs> Was it filmed? Good. And it's audio only. <laughs> <laughs> it's our episode it's number. A radio drama. Yeah. It's Kapal episode. <laughs> um gosh. Uh I did not see as many movies as you guys did, which is normal. I hope you saw at least four, because you have four picks. Uh, I, I saw at least four. Um I quickly the other day when we we're talking about this on our messenger. I just made a quick list. I pulled up movies released in 2022, went right through that list, wrote down every movie I'd seen, came down with 25 of them. Um, neither of the movies that are at our number 11 or 10 were on that list at all. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know. So I have, I then took my 25 down to 12 top 12 and just, wrote them down just really quick you know like i'm not going to think about it i'm just going to go with the gut feeling so that's the way to do it that's how i did it extra scrutiny doesn't really add no no it's just it's your gut feeling no so a little bit of strategy in here so i'm going to go um i'm going to start out here with my top five because i'm pretty sure one of these movies is somebody on on somebody else's list oh that's what you think i was counting on you to pick it but if if it's not, if the one I think is not on everybody's list, I'm okay with that. Uh, so number five is going to be a real movie. One of my favorite genres of movies are Christmas movies. And I love oh, Christmas movies. I, I love nostalgic Christmas movies. And and as a family, we watch, uh, we kind of collect them. And then we'll, you know, we kind of add to, add a movie every year that we watch during the season um, becomes a instant classic in our household. This year, that movie movie was eight bit Christmas. Um, it was just, I, we talked about it not too long ago on an episode. It was just a, a whole lot of fun for our entire family. When we sat down to watch it together, Neil Patrick Harris um, plays the grown up version of the, of the kid. Um, the Christmas but, Story 2022. Right, right. Yeah. No more BB guns. We got Nintendos, and uh, I was, I am the perfect age for the nostalgia of this because I would have been that about that kid's age, 
getting that year, getting that Nintendo. Um, so for me, I just thought it was fun. I thought it was acted well enough, written fine. And it made me laugh. And the end made me cry. And I thought it was, uh, it was a nice little twist. I didn't see coming from a mile away. And I just thought this is a movie we're going to watch over and over and over for the next 20 years or whatever. And that's my pick. I'm an Atari guy, given the Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this. I, again, like you said, I knew I was going to like it just because of the Nintendo stuff. I remember yeah. sending my skateboard back and getting my Nintendo and, uh, it's good. I, I like the it's a little mashup of a Christmas story and Jingle All the Way, and I <laughs> yeah. I like that and yeah I like the Steve Zahn stuff and the big finish was uh you know had some emotion to it and so it was it ended up being better than I expected it to be it would be you know in my top ten of the year or anything, but I I don't have any problem with it it's 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 good well the way I do my list if you have forgotten my system i break everything down to four categories great very good good enough and meh that helps me organize everything yeah. so this one was in my good enough section yeah, yeah yeah but i feel like part of that is my own mental thing i am way i love christmas christmas is my favorite time of year i'm just weird like that okay i like christmas um <laughs> but the minute the calendar hits December 26th, I I'm de- I don't want to hear the songs. I don't watch the movie. So like, yeah, ask me this before Christmas. I'd be, oh, this movie's amazing. Now it's like, yeah, I remember it was pretty fun. So yeah. I, I, I turn into the Grinch immediately, <laughs> immediately yeah. after Christmas for whatever reason. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I think talking as like a family film, those are so rare to have a hit that you don't want to pull your hair out and it is like really good for the whole family that everyone will enjoy. And that, and said the ending having that emotional punch of, he's told this whole story about his dad and like, you know, we learn more at the end of, you know, he's, he's missing his dad and he has this connection to his dad. So yeah, uh, definitely the emotion put put it over the top for me as, as a really, really good movie. So yeah. Cool. Cliff with this system, you got to come right back with number eight. Eight. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, number eight. I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but I did. And it's a movie. Okay. Um, based on a, another movie from a really long time ago. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. They brought back the original cast. Um. There just weren't that many good movies this year. I'm glad they held it off to, you know, a year or year and a half or two years or however long they it took to get this thing into theaters. But I rushed out to see it because I still have that memory of seeing the the original 1984 um, in theaters. It's the first movie I can remember actually going to see and watching the whole thing and loving it and coming out. I love Ghostbusters and. Now I have a little nephew that uh, he loves Ghostbusters too, and he's four years old, and um, I was all in for it. I, I thought 
the story was, you know, the story it, it, in, in kind of a Force Awakens a way about it. But, uh, but you know, it's a it's been a long time. We're, we're two generations past Ghostbusters, and a lot of kids um, and young people don't know what Ghostbusters is or it's, you know, don't have the attachment to it because it's just some old movie. Um, I told the story about taking my daughter uh, during the pandemic. The only movie we saw in theaters was the original Ghostbusters um, on a on a rewatch when they were playing classic movies because nothing else was coming out. So we loved it. Um, loved the, uh, you know, they they brought back people in this movie, but the, it wasn't it didn't it wasn't entirely silly. It didn't encompass the whole movie. It didn't overshadow the new cast who I thought were good enough. Um, the only guy that, you know, we talked about um, Paul Rudd being in it and being the name of the, the of the on the theater marquee, but he wasn't the best part of the movie. The kids were. And uh, yeah, I just, again, not a lot of great movies for me out there, and I really like this, and I actually am waiting on it to come on uh, streaming so I can watch it again. Because yeah, I, I meant to, I had hoped to watch this before it came time for this, but they're just holding out to the last minute. It'll probably be next week or the week after before they finally have yeah. it able to rent for five bucks. So, so I didn't make it, but that's the one thing about this stuff, like. A more serious list, we would be using vetoes and stuff, but it's such, it's like a kapow list where we're, keep, you know, just putting in our favorites. And I, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum anyway. So just this, I had no doubt this was going to be on, in, on your, one of your picks. And oh, it yeah. absolutely should be. You know, it's like finally well, got a, you know, a. This type of movie. Like if, if I was going to compare it to something this year, like on the opposite end, I would have something like matrix revolutions or whatever that movie was called, um, where they took a property that a whole bunch of people loved and just made something terrible. I felt that was in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Like it was laughable to me in a, in a bad way. And then we have something like Ghostbusters and that they're trying to do the same thing with, and they did it so much better and it hit all the right pacing and had all the right stuff in it to just, you know, really grab you and, and take you back there. So, and I heard that exact thing from multiple people in my nerdy fan circles, but you're probably the biggest Ghostbusters fan I know. And if you say it, I'll take your word for it, especially yeah, again, I'm the same boat. I definitely wanted to see this. And in a normal year, I probably would have went to that $6 Tuesday show yeah. and caught it. But just, yeah, it's 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 a weird, it's been a weird couple of years of uh, when you pick and choose to, to go out in public. So, yeah, I I'm I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll, I'll take your word for it. That's it's Seven. So, Jordan, it's time okay. for you to. He's been Give waiting. your first pick. He gets three picks. Ooh. So his first one will be at number seven. Yeah, this is tough, but I feel like this is about the right slot for me on this movie. This one has been 
getting tons of critical acclaim and it's getting the, the award nominations from their actual, you know, prestigious awards that aren't podcasts. But oh, I've, I've already poisoned the jury pool here. <laughs> but uh, but I didn't love it. I, I really, really liked it, but it didn't. Again, I didn't see. I don't think what all the critics did. But so I think seven is just about the right slot. Let's say the power of the dog. years since our first run together 1900 and nothing it's a long time what's it doing getting mixed up with her you are marvelous rose we were married sunday Director Jane Campion, kind of a, a western in the latter years of the old west. There, there are cars. Uh, it's a little more civilized, but there are uh, still, you know, people making their making their fortunes out 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 west. And uh, this is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith McBee. Just a powerful movie, not a said not a slam bang, gun to, gun toting western, but a, a more quiet uh, character study sort of thing. And uh, Cumberbatch has really gotten acclaim for his performance. Uh, I think uh, several. This is a big uh, Golden Globe winner that, that were just announced a while back. So um, just it takes a while to kind of play out and to figure out all the uh, everyone's motivations and everything. But 
uh, by the end of it, it's it's really powerful. Uh, it's shot beautifully. It's a really great looking movie. So yeah, a very, a very critical darling that I I really like. I said this was not one of the fun movies. This wasn't one of the action packed uh, you know jump up out of your seat and cheer movie. But it was it was it's really stuck with me, and it's uh, taken up uh, a rent in my head for the last couple months. So did you watch this, Clough? No, I did not. I saw it on a bunch of lists. Yeah, that's good. I I really liked it. I thought it was, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those that I thought about for a long time. I have not, I I feel like I will watch it again sometime, not too far in the future, but I, but I have thought about it and thought about since I saw it, like it's, it's really well done. And I liked, uh, just the whole thought of like these, these brothers, they're not poor. They have this money. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, though, is basically pigpen in this movie. He he's just like he's made himself be this, you know, uber cowboy rancher. While uh, Jesse Plemons is more like the straight laced. I don't need to go out and prove that I'm this cowboy, but but uh, you know, Cumberbatch is like he just almost is disgusted with the fact that he doesn't need to do this. He wants to be that he makes himself be that scuzzy cowboy because he wants to stay attached to his past. And it's a, it's really well done. He's just like this, you know, nasty person in it. And, you know, as you watch the movie and find out why he is the way that he is, you know, it's, and, you know, being, almost terrorizing to everyone around him. It's a great performance. And I, uh, again, there's a lot of good stuff in this. And I uh, think, yeah, definitely everybody should watch it. I had it about between 10 and 15 on my list. And that, yeah, definitely has a lot to say about masculinity and the, like you said, the mythologizing of the old West and like what it meant to be a cowboy and a real man. And, you know, as America was moving on into a new era uh, and leaving some people behind. Six. That takes us to number six, which is me again. I only have two picks left here. I better make this a good one, which sucks. I'm definitely going to risk it all and not pick something here. Um, Wow, this is rough. <laughs> this is rough. You really threw me for a loop this week, Jordan, because you, I don't want to say anything. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Now you played your card. Yeah, you, you, you threw a joker out at me, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do now. Is he going to do something, or is he not? And da 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 da. I don't know. At my number six, I'm going to pick No Time to Die. James Bond movie. Uh, this was the fifth Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Uh, they, you know, he had Casino Royale, um, Skyfall, um, I can't remember even all of them. Spectre, 
uh, No Time to Die, whatever the other one was in there. But um, the really there was three three re- really good ones: Casino Royale, Skyfall, and this. In my opinion, um, they retroactively tried decided at one point they were going to tie them all together unlike most james bonds um they were going to try to tell a full story with this character and i think they pretty much pulled it off like uh it's not perfect i wish they knew they were going to done that from the beginning all the way you know back she was 10 or 15 15 years ago probably when casino royale came out like it's been quite a long time that he has been bond and things have got pushed back because of the pandemic. But, you know, this tries to put away that story of, you know, he, he had a Vesper die and, you know, he dealt with, has been dealing with that. Now he has this new woman and, um, uh, he's got a Blofeld or, or no, uh, whoever you know the you know villain is currently carrying over this legacy villain and this movie just really has a lot of emotion to it and he you know there's some secrets in it if yeah i i assume neither of you have seen this right you're not big bond guys i'm more of a mission impossible but i still love i'm love the spy stuff and the cars with the doohickeys and you're the, not going to get a mission impossible for three years you're going to have to go I, yeah <laughs> it, this wouldn't be, wouldn't touch the list if i had anything else to hang my hat on you know but uh it's got a great i love the i love the structure and the tradition of a bond movie where there's going to be a cold open it's going to have a lot of action and stuff. And at the end of it, they're going to do the bond song, you know, with the funky graphics and everything, and then go back into the story. And this was a great cold open. It was a, it was emotional. It had a great car chase. Uh, we had the return of the Aston Martin sixties version with all the doohickeys and all that. And then, uh, went into the, Billie Eilish song opening and on into the story at the uh, I'd say that you know everything was everything was good there were some big surprises toward the end that I'm glad you aren't spoiled for I won't spoil anyone for it if you like James Bond you still need to catch this you know it, it was good um, I don't is, know I don't, don't want to say anything more about James it except Bond... I really like that oh I will say real quick that Anna de Armas is in this. And that was one of the great parts of this. She pops in as a new agent as a, um, partway through. And for like 10 minutes, it just does some great action with Daniel Craig that, you know, everybody loved. And I hope she gets to do some action movie in the future because of this. What were you going to say, Cliff? Is Gene... I couldn't tell you the last James Bond movie I watched. It may have been Roger Moore. Wow. Are is James is it like a timeline or are they is James Bond just a name? Is it like a legacy character? They're yeah, they're all supposed to be James Bond. They are James Bond. Okay, so it's they're not all like playing the same guy. Yeah. Yes. No. He's been to the moon. Yeah. Right. Yes and no. They don't go far enough into it to like follow his storyline. It's not like that, you know. It's it's not like oh, 
Daniel Craig was supposed to have been in Moonraker, you know, but they are playing that character. They just never talk about the earlier stuff. Uh-huh. It's a legacy character. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Magnum P.I. In, where... in what way? <laughs> <laughs> not looking <laughs> what <I don't> know. <laughs> oh. well i have a sneaking suspicion that you wouldn't be terribly offended if someone vetoed this pick and allowed you to slide in some other movie you were thinking about well I, I could do that you're gonna take this out of the top 10 movies of the year <laughs> i i'm with cliff i'm not a bond guy i i think i saw Casino Royale is with Craig, and I don't think I've seen anything since. So I, I have no connection to this movie. And yeah, I'm going to veto it. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Slide that other one in there. I, I'd rather, I prefer that one. Okay. I'm going to twist it up on you and not uh, put, put it in there. All right, then. Pull a fast one. <laughs> I am going to pick. A movie I saw, drove to Columbus, saw a great double feature that day. And while I didn't love this as much as everybody else, I still thought it was great and entertaining and well shot, well acted, and was super fun with lots of great needle drops. It was Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. It's a god awful small affair. Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand. Yeah, like sands. Like the ocean. Like Barbara beaches. Streisand. No, but Streisand. Sand. But the film is a sad thing This is faith that brought us together. But she's lived it ten times or more. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. They ask her to focus. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See you tomorrow. Oh, you did see this. I didn't... I've been wanting to see it, but just because of the hype on it, but uh, I haven't seen it. There is a lot of hype. But I will say this. As I was listening to you talk about James Bond, I and I've, I've been writing the, the movies down as we go along on our list, so I don't forget. Uh, in that couple minutes i could not remember the name of the james bond movie so i just wrote bond down um so that was probably a pretty good i'm glad jordan vetoed that (laughs) because at least this is a movie i want to go see and probably will Mm. soon yeah when he said no time to die i'm like wait which one is that some little indie like i didn't even the word (laughs) bond didn't even spring to my mind right i'm a you know Love. Again, this is the Kapow list. Your yeah. your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah. Um, love 
Paul Thomas Anderson, like, if you don't know, if you're not into directors, don't pay attention to that stuff. Who did what? He did some really amazing movies. You know, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood. These are huge, great movies. That's, you know, that's scratching the surface. Uh, One of my top five movies of all time is Punch Drunk Love that he did with with Adam Sandler. And, you know, he's he's done other movies, but those are the top ones I like. And this was... uh, his latest movie and it's it was the debut of Elena Heim I believe is how you say her last name from the group Heim these three sisters and she um plays Alana Kane in this movie and it op- opposite um Cooper Hoffman who's the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman um hmm. he's I playing I didn't know that yeah and he's very good in it. They're both really good. They're both really good. There, there's some great, great performances in this movie. She's great. She's just great. I don't know what what her future will hold. If she could ever top this, mm-hmm. she plays a very specific character in this and does a great job. So I don't know if she, if that's just who she is or not. We have nothing to compare either of the things these two actors did in this. Just maybe the pinnacle for them. I don't know, but it was really good. It was had that Paul Thomas Anderson vibe. It's a period piece, yeah. You know, and uh, it's good. It's like you know he's a little too young for her, and they're you know he trying to deal with that, and it's just like a vibe. It's just them going through their friendship really and coming back to each other usually finding each other and, you know, uh, just supporting each other as friends. You know, they're, they're good friends and where it goes, who knows, but some great stuff in here. Sean Penn does some funny stuff. Bradley Cooper has a segment of the movie that's really funny and well done, but just, it's, it's just, a uh, uh, although I didn't love it, it's still 10 times better than most anything that could be seen this year. So uh, definitely you got to check it out. Licorice pizza. Yeah. Uh, the, the trailer made it look phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I got like the only thing as I, I've seen that trailer a bunch of times in the theaters um, and it, the only thing I was, I was hoping for like, Oh, is this like a little miss sunshine type movie, you know, kind of indie, but there's, I, I don't know. It's just got I that. can see that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those types of movies. It's a it's a. It, I would equate it most if I was any of his movies. It's the most like Boogie Nights to me. Mm. It's that era, and it's that ensemble cast. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. There's a a lot of stuff going on with them, with other people. You know, all you know, dealing with each other's lives and where they go as they come apart and come back together, in and out with all these people, but it's just a, it's a vibe kind of like that. And it's, it's very entertaining. Yeah. After that trailer dropped, this quickly shot to my number one want to see movie. But of course 
it's not going to open around here. So, uh, right. I'm yeah, I mean, clo- it is out now in Athens at ah, Athena, okay. Athena cinemas where, where we went and saw last night. So uh, it yeah. is out there. Um, just came out this past week. So if you yeah, do want to check that it out, trailer, that, that trailer bowled me over. I, oh. I love Paul Thomas Anderson boogie nights. Yeah. That it's from that same era, which I adore boogie nights. Uh, I've bought two Haim albums since then. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm prepping i'm getting into this i want i want to be on the alana high bandwagon the only problem with this movie i will warn you is there's a guy the actor shoot what is his name john michael higgins you know uh, who this is yeah the comedian he's in pitch perfect he's one the announcer with a Elizabeth Banks. He's, he's very the other broad. Dancer. He's very broad. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like Dan Patrick. He plays a character who is laughably racist. Like they, it's, they try, it's supposed to be funny, I'm sure. And it's not. It's one of those where, you know, like uh, Long Duck Dong and, uh, 16 candles that's just not fun anymore yeah like you can't do that anymore in movies because people it's not fun anymore and there that's what they try to do in this movie like and they shouldn't have done it i've seen man as a tiktok guy cliff i i'll probably try to find this tiktok and send it to you Mm. of this guy of this guy like his rebuttal to this this one tiktok kid and it's so good, yeah. it's so good of a comeback of why this isn't funny and why Paul Thomas Anderson should be called out for it because mm-hmm. it it it's pathetic, honestly. Soured me almost took, on took the movie. Took me out of the movie. Yeah. 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 There's a couple moments with it, and it, it's just, it's pathetic. Otherwise, good movie. So moving on. Five. We are going to pick number five, oh, which man, is we're, Cliff. We're halfway through. Yeah. <sighs> Starting to feel the pressure. I only have one more pick after this, so I'll just shoot my shot here. Um, number five. Shoot a shot. Shoot my shot. You got that reference, didn't There's you? a lot of foreshadowing going on here for <laughs> these picks. <laughs> Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, the musical spectacular uh, from stage. He brought it to the screen, and I think last year it was one of my most anticipated movies um, coming out, and I loved it. Um, We've watched it a bunch of times. We, My daughter... um, listens to the soundtrack still to this day uh, months after seeing this movie. And uh, I, I just thought, I thought it was great. Um, it, it, doing something different than he did with Hamilton where Hamilton, they just filmed the, the stage show. They made an actual movie out of this. Um, put a lot of money into it. And I, it's got some special guest stars, and he he cameos in it, um, as well as uh, Christopher Jackson, um, kind of playing dueling ice cream men. 
But um, but I thought it was really good in the fact that it really captured the spirit of the original book, and then that he took inspiration and made the made the uh, Broadway musical out of uh, that he earned a bunch of awards for. Um, it's just Lin Manuel Miranda music. Um, it's about a neighborhood, a dying neighborhood in New York City, of Latinx um, people uh, that uh, are are just trying to. Uh, preserve what's left as if people move away and money goes away. And I just, I thought it was pretty spectacular. Um, as far as movies this year went. So either of you guys see it? Nope. Nope. Uh, trust me. The theme There's a theme tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I saw 59 movies club, <laughs> but that wasn't one of them. Right. So just don't tell me, you know, you're like, and say it. It's not like I it's wasn't on HBO. watching stuff. It's on HBO. Lots it was pretty on. easy if you wanted to see. <laughs> I know. I had to go out of my way. <laughs> All right. I don't. Yeah, I, I, say, I, I got know, nothing to. Yeah, that? I'm not gonna. I didn't see it, so I can't. Yeah. Don't feel comfortable vetoing it. Um, you know, and and I'm sure it was great. If it, you know, this is what cliff likes the most yes I like it needs to be on the list i love it and i feel like if this is the only musical on the list that's okay yeah if this is the only oh, thing with well. any songs in it <laughs> well, well, well that if remains still, to be seen <laughs> if there's still a whole bunch of musicals you guys are going to throw out on me that might be a little bit overwhelming but okay we'll leave well, he'd be mad if we veto his number one or his number two or whatever. We know what it's going to be, and maybe I have to get rid of that. Save those vetoes. Four. All right. So that takes us to number four, Jordan's second pick. Number four. Uh, I probably would have slotted in Judas and the Black Messiah here. Um, we kind of ruled earlier, we're going to count this as a last year movie. Technically, it was released in 2021. Uh, but it, but it, it won was, awards last it, year. It, it was out in like limited theaters in time for the Oscars and all that stuff. So all the acting awards and stuff, it was all done a year ago. So Judas and the Black Messiah is a terrific film. Definitely worth watching. But we're going to say it doesn't, it doesn't fit into this year's movie. So I'm going to drop the one you just mentioned a minute ago that uh, we took a road trip to see. Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright uh, does horror. Yes, he does. This was uh, you know, famously director of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, you know, that British uh, comedic craziness. I wasn't sure what to expect from this. It was uh, a lot of 60s. You know, the trailers and the commercials showed a lot of, you know, uh, set pieces and fashion, high fashion from the 1960s. And, uh, yeah, that's what it was. It was it was a little more straightforward, less jokey. It wasn't a, a spoof of anything. Um, starring Thomason McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, along with a few other, Matt Smith, uh, Diana Rigg, Terrence Stamp. Some some really uh, classic British actors. I still feel like not a lot of people saw this one, so I don't want to spoil it. But I just thought it was a very strong film. The the two actresses. Um, it's basically uh, 
a mousy, you know, country girl goes to the big city of London and she has loved the idea of the swinging 60s London, you know, the fashion, the music, you know, the style, everything uh, has just adored that her whole life. And she finally gets a chance to go to the city where all this happened. And of course, you know, nothing is ever as it seems. Uh, <laughs> uh, the glossy, the glot, there's always something hidden underneath the glossy surface. And uh, yeah, so the, the two women playing these like mirror images of each other was just so well done visually. A lot of the, the effects they did, the practical effects they did with mirrors and the, 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 just the way he shot a lot of these scenes with the, the, the great fashion and, and the great music uh, just incorporated so much great stuff. And I thought it had a, a, a really phenomenal, timely message that I tried to explain once before and failed horribly, so I don't think I'm going to do it again. But just that idea of uh, the glossy history stuff that we remember as being amazing, there's generally something underneath it that's less savory, and everything uh, uh, that is beloved, usually there's some ghost haunting it that uh, of you know someone who was exploited or harmed or ignored or steamrolled over to make this amazing thing happen that we only remember the good parts and we ignore the horror. So yeah, I, I thought it was a wonderfully, it, it was a wonderful looking film. Uh, it did some, some stuff I did not expect. The ending didn't quite work a hundred percent for me, but by that point I was so on board that I, I was into it. So yeah, I, 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 I want this to be, be more widely seen, so I hope you, you, you check it out when it's available to you. Last night in Sobel. I always really like Matt Smith and anything he, almost anything he's been in and done. Television, movie, movies, miniseries. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I like his, the, the projects he picks are, are usually, I find, you know, very, very good or up my alley. Are you vetoing or you like that? Thing? No, that's fine. Yeah. I am. I, I, this is a very specific situation here. I hate to let go by. I saw this movie with Jordan. I thought it was amazing. Um, as far as like what it looked like, the, the vibe of it, that sixties vibe, what they were going for the whole, Oh my gosh. The mirror sequence was incredible. I purposefully have not watched the how they made that because I don't even want to know. Like I it just like the magic of that and Edgar Wright is like great. I love all of that. I like that he has left what he used to do and is you know trying new things and this is exactly the type of stuff I want to see from him. Um all of that. I agree with everything you said. Except I, I I'm more mad about the end. I don't like the way I I think he did not pull off that ending. Like he did not get across what he was going for. Like I know how to fix it. <laughs> like I'm just like you here's what you did wrong. You filmed this at the wrong angle. You 
you know, revealed something you shouldn't have. And it just, or you should have, you know, this and that, and not, you know, those little things. And I, I just think it's, I'm going to veto it coming at you hard here. If I was like, Oh, I agree. This is great. I love it. I love it. I would be like all about it, but I'm going to take this, this opportunity to just, make you pick some and also it wasn't your favorite movie of the year so so i feel like i can take this opportunity to veto you and see what you would put here it was pretty high up there i know i, I know. guess we're i guess we're down to pig <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i've i have a i have a top five of things i didn't get to see like i have these five movies if I had seen them, would all be in my top five? I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's just our circumstances, yeah. our geography, <laughs> the current, uh, the current pandemic. So yeah, uh, yeah, the, the list is not where it should be, probably. Yeah, who um, knows what this is gonna look like when it's over? So yeah, I'm gonna have to slot in that movie you wanted me to do, aren't, aren't I? It, it almost like i'm sewing this up yeah. myself but see i don't want to give you that satisfaction i know <laughs> so, so you don't have to that but yeah. I, this is the chance i'm taking i'm get, i'm giving you the opportunity pig it is. <laughs> <laughs> no i guess i liked pig a lot but it was another one of those like i i get what critics like about it but it just it wasn't an enjoyable watch like i i, I will really say, thought it I, was strongly yeah. made i will say like i'm pig is like so close to have been my I, I could have easily put this at the 10 or 11 spot i i was i i really enjoyed pig because it was so unexpected it's not what you think it is yeah it's just a sad movie <laughs> and i felt i just watched the lost daughter on netflix the olivia coleman jesse yeah. buckley movie and i feel the same way like the performances are terrific critics love it it's just like it's almost hard to watch. It's just yeah. the movie should be enjoyable, something you want to watch over and over again. And I've if I've suddenly slid in like three movies in this mm. <laughs> trying to avoid talking about this other ones. All right, it is the Poobah Awards. I will <laughs> dance your puppet dance. <laughs> and at slot four, I'll put in the last duel. Oh, that's a good one. And ah. I was afraid going over this list, I was afraid some kind of recency bias or whatever because i literally just watched this movie this week mm -hmm. but again going over this list there's not a whole lot of really strong contenders and i this was a long movie two and a half hours and i was kind of like uh dreading this medieval setting you know what uh, this could be very uh, over the top and like you know the, what's that uh heath ledger movie the the yeah, nice tale. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't really appeal to me. But yeah, this had a different take on things. Um, yeah, three different Rid Ridley, takes. yeah, three different takes. A Rashomon kind of deal. The Ridley Scott movie based on a book Seth has read. Matt Damon, Adam Driver, are two uh, uh, squires, I guess. Is that, yeah. is that at the beginning? Um, and. So the movie starts, I'm thinking, point Matt Damon's character, A, he really he really needs a hat. Oh, it took, man. It took him a long time before he put a hat on, yeah. which is not his normal thing. Yeah. But he got there. 
<laughs> Eventually, he, he did it. Pat Damon. Pat Damon. So I'm not loving the movie because I'm like, this character, everything he does is like, I'm doing this for the right reason. And I'm I'm the good guy. And everyone, everyone's out to get me. And everyone's doing, everyone's against me. And, all, and like, I, I just wasn't connected to this character. And then we start chapter two. And it's from Adam Driver's perspective. And we see the whole story again, but how it's seen from a different angle. It's like, oh, okay, we're getting these perspectives. So now we see why Adam Driver was right and Matt Damon was wrong. And then we get the third, uh, the third chapter, Jodie Comer, who is uh, Matt Damon's wife in this. And we get, I think, they cut the true story, I guess, quote unquote. So yeah, just a, a, an interesting way to do things. Um, great, great action. When it, I mean, it wasn't a ton of action. It wasn't Braveheart or anything. But w- when they did have action, it was it was pretty intense. And uh, yeah, Seth, I'll let you talk more about this one because I know you liked it as well. I, yeah, I, I liked it probably equal to you. I thought it was. I really enjoyed it. I was a little surprised that I liked it more. You know, I was looking forward to it, but I did like it more than I thought i would and uh, i i i thought they all played their parts very well you know um adam driver's great um matt damon is so obnoxiously the idiot you know just the eternal victim you know and he and uh, yeah way those stories shined on each other that he can pull off a line like when his wife is assaulted yeah man that guy's always doing something to me yeah it's like that's the core of his character like yeah. everything is against him a magnificent mullet right just like he is a mullet walking for mullet. the ages he yeah. is a walking mullet um and I, I i said i would say a criticism of it for me is the rashomon thing like i like some I like the idea of seeing his perspective and then Adam Driver's perspective and how maybe that guy is not as bad as you think he is. Maybe you're not this victim. Maybe you create these problems for yourself sometimes. But ultimately, I almost feel like uh, it was a mistake maybe to do that because I don't feel like the story they were trying to show show you you thought you were going to get this grave difference for her story and no basically it was a terrible thing every time that happened you know <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't three completely alternating takes right. and yeah that the 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 assault scene in adam driver's version is horrific yeah where he's like the good guy he's like hey we're having a good time i was like oh that's terrible and then in the third chapter it's way worse Right. So like I, I yeah. didn't know where they were going to go from there, but yeah, they they managed to to make it work. Yeah, and ultimately, I like this very like like the reason I vetoed is because I really like this at about the same level as Last Night in Soho. It's both really well executed movies that just have a couple flaws, yeah. and but ultimately, I like this better. And I thought that the uh, you know getting two things: one, getting to end with a great battle you know that was well executed i enjoyed seeing the last duel and like we said this is based on a you know a true dink dink uh story of the last duel in medieval france uh that 
was done. And the uh and ultimately one of the best parts of the movie is is just Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is has also has a ridiculous haircut. <laughs> and he just like is just having orgies all the time. And he's just like Every time his buddy Adam Driver shows up, he's like, hey, man, take your pants off. Let's get in here and orgy it up. Let's, you know, it's like he doesn't care about all the struggles of being the king. You know, I, I let's just do this. Have a ball. The best Mel, moment. That the Mel the, Brooks line. It's good to be the king. Yeah. It, and it definitely needs to be on this list just for the moment of Adam Driver trying to uh, do some maths. And the and Ben Affleck knocks one of his abacuses over. <laughs> That's just like, I hope, I wish that that was just an improv moment of I'm gonna <laughs> knock your abacus over. <laughs> and just nerd, like, oh man, you nerd, why'd you do that? <laughs> you nerd, yeah, just bullied. So yeah, I really like this. If it's on HBO now, everybody should check it out. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool movie. That's how I would put. It. So and has something to say again about yes, you know the me yes. the me too moment the, right. you know believing women the the way people in power get away with stuff you know that all that stuff that we're currently <laughs> reckoning with over and over and over again yeah Rid- Ridley Scott similar so similar to last night in Soho similar theme yeah three so that takes us to the number three pick my final pick the only one I have left wow. Which, so I'm just going to go with my number one movie of the year and then let you guys figure out the rest. I have a feeling I know where we're going to end up. Same day I saw Licorice Pizza, I saw a movie. This guy directed one of my favorite, my favorite movie of the year a few years ago. And... This is director Sean Baker, and the movie is Red Rock. You said you're never going to step a foot in Texas again. I know, this is unexpected. Nothing like you is unexpected. Your last job is over 17 years ago. That's quite a gap. Well, you know, I've worked almost every day for the last 17 years. I moved back in with my wife last week. Don't call the cops! Really? Hey! We decided to make a run of it. I just need a place to crash for a couple of days. What's the big deal? Nike, go fuck yourself. All right, look, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm an adult film actor. Excuse me? So why are you back, Mr. Hollywood? You're Mikey. Welcome back, dude. I'm on top of my game right now on, like, every single possible level. Physical stamina. My mind is sharp. I'm taking 5-HTP for serotonin in my brain. Yeah. With my skill and ability, there's no denying what I can do. The universe is on my side, bro. Before long, it'll be like we're still married. We are still this married. This is on my top five list. I knew. I was like, this I is top five movies he didn't see. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the next episode. Here's all the movies he didn't see. <laughs> this, and mostly, while I like, like, yeah, I really like the movie, um, I would equate it to Licorice Pizza at the level of like, it's just a really good movie throughout, just enjoyable throughout. It's cringy as heck, very much. But uh, uh, Baker really does these gritty, lower level, you know, America get really in the nooks and crannies of America, you know, with the Florida Project 
and tangerine um the just really gets in there and and gets people that aren't even actors or are local actors and puts them in his movies and that's it's really well done in that respect and it's all good it's a story of um a i'm not even going to reveal that it's a story of a guy named mikey saber he crawls back to his hometown of texas city texas and meets up with his estranged wife and uh meets a young woman at a local donut shop and just he's a he's a con man type type person um it's the main characters played by simon rex and this is the performance of the year for me i would love to see him nominated for best actor um i'd love to see him win like i'm there might be a better performance i don't know but this was my favorite male performance of the year you know at least i I feel like this is what put this movie on the radar of critics and things saying Wow, Simon Rex, you know, the return of Simon Rex from the, it's a, I'm you know, so impressed. The return, I mean, <laughs> yeah, when was the first? <laughs> yeah, he used to be something, but uh, this is I was so impressed with his performance, it's so cringy and terrible. But like, he is playing the worst person, and it the movie lives in the shadow of Trump, like this, it's set in a time of Trump running for president for no other reason than to have that reflection really of just, he's that kind of guy and he's just like shitty, but he's also so likable. This he's so likable. It was like, he's so good at like, Oh, just being so nice and really kiss everybody's butt. And it's, he, there's a moment in the movie where he gets just buys some garage sale stuff and is like given didn't even want given an ashtray and he takes it over to his ex-wife's house and he's like, Oh, I got you something. And he is giving them a new ashtray and he, but he doesn't just set it down on the table. He takes the old full ashtray and just dumps all the garbage into the new one. And man, that is just, it's just like, a nothing moment that I was like, man, that is that guy. It's just like, here's this, but here's all, it comes with all this garbage. You still are going to, it's all crap still, you know, it's like, it's so well done. And, and the, the, there's a needle drop in this movie. The song in sync song. Bye. 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 is played like three times in this movie and all three times are impactful. So look out for that if you ever get to see it. Uh, I it's it's a great movie. I don't want to spoil really what it's about, um, but it's good. Sean Baker is good at what he does. Simon Rex gives an incredible performance. It's a it's a rough watch. Cliff, I'm afraid you might see a penis or two somewhere. Oh um, man! Uh, but uh, but was my favorite movie of the year because of the performance. That, I will yeah, say that makes me so happy to hear because I like yeah. A couple of these movies this year from directors I really love that I was really looking forward to. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it, it's uh, what I hoped it would. Two. So. Hmm. Now we're at number two. Cliff. 
How do you beat Lynn Manuel Miranda? With more Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I set you up. Ghost Lynn Manuel Miranda? <laughs> A key? <laughs> yeah, my In number Esther one. Listo? My number one. Dios mio. <laughs> is uh, a movie I just talked about, Encanto. I think it's uh, pop culture. Might be the most impactful movie this year. Many years ago, this candle blessed our family with a miracle. Our house, our casita, came to life with magic. Hola, casita. Time, every member of our family Cecilia, up top! was given their own magical gift. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I understand you. I'm not super strong like Luisa. The donkey's got out again. On it! Or effortlessly perfect like Senorita Perfecta Isabella. But mama, why am I the only one that didn't get a gift? You're just as special as anyone else in this family. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. Casita? What's going on? The magic is in danger. We gotta get out of here! We must protect our home. We must protect our family. This is my chance. I will save the magic. Wait, how do I save the magic? Like I stated earlier, uh, it's a, it was just an instant Disney classic for me. I normally love most Disney movies anyway. Everybody knows this, but man, I just, I really feel like this one was different. Um, and just, you know, the direction, like I, like I said, it's all stuff I've already covered, but recently the direction that they're taking their movies, their Disney movies, not Pixar, but Disney movies into a, uh, you know, I mean, they're fun and they're silly and they're cartoons, but there's a deeper lying message that really hit home with people and families. And, uh, we talked about generational trauma and, and, and roles people, um, fit into within families or are fit in for them, uh, into a certain role in a family and, uh, and, and how they interact, how they deal with each other, how, how that affects everybody else, you know, in, in this movie, in the village, you know, it's a, it's about a film about a magical family that has something terrible happen to them and, and a terrible loss that, um, a character then, has to rebuild and, and does. Um, but there are costs to that, uh, of her own doing because of the fear she had and, and the trauma she experienced that she passes on in different ways, um, into her, her own family. And 
three generations later we have a you know the hero uh, not even the hero but the hero of the of the uh the magical family is the only one that doesn't have any gifts but still has to deal with her own labels and trying to sort this mess out and navigate through what can be a very toxic situation even though there's you know everybody loves each other everybody wants to get along but it just doesn't work out always or we push blame on certain people that shouldn't so it was just it was the best thing i saw all year and i hated that it's just been recently that that we got to see it um but we were in the same boat it came out into theaters around thanksgiving um but a lot of people didn't see it until disney plus came along on christmas day and man it was like that's when we watched it and i was just like this movie is amazing and then Speaking about TikTok, you know, there's a whole, there was just enlightenment to three minute videos of people pointing out different details and hidden details that I watched the thing several times and I had to have people show me, hey, look in the background, there's this, or this really means this, or this represents, you know, this, this power represents this, or this, you know, all the gender roles. And it it was just amazing. I loved it. And I hope this continues on. Uh, you know, going all the way back to 2020, what was it? 2012, 2013, when Frozen came out, it was a phenomenon. You know, everybody loved the music, but it was a, it was the first one they said where the princess didn't need a prince to come in and save the day. And, and I feel, you know, uh, this one's kind of dethroned Frozen a little bit in that Disney recent hierarchy, um, just because the, the songs are so great. But in much the way I talked about within the Heights that I loved, there was criticism uh, and about representation. Uh, They came back out, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda comes back with this one and did exactly what he said he was going to do. We have better representation in this movie of a, not the same, but a similar, um, I guess, culture more or less. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't wait to see what they do next. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much to criticize. I feel like ab- about the Disney company right now and the direction they're headed with some of the theme park stuff that I'm just not on board with. And, uh, but yet they're spitting out these, this type of movie that I don't know. I just, there wasn't a lot of great animation this, this year. Um, I think I had two on my entire list. Uh, of 25 movies, two of them were were animated. There's a bunch of Disney, but this was the best of the best for me. I'm glad we got it on air then. <laughs> yeah, and like well, you said, this one's going to have a long life. People are going to rewatch it. It's going to have Disney you know, attractions are going to spring up around it. Right. Kids are going to do Halloween costumes. Like that's exactly it, it's what's now in the culture forever. Yes, very much the way that Frozen did 10 years ago. Um, This movie is, you know, here we are 10 years later with another um, just timeless, going to be a timeless classic movie because, you know, it it represents a a Colombian culture, Latin culture uh, in that part of the world, but it's not set in a specific time period. Like Disney came out with... um, with another movie, an animated movie, uh, 
Luca this year. And I thought Luca was really good. It had some criticism, but it did some really good things about representation and the gay community and without, you know, without just pushing it. Cause I know, I, I don't care if you put that right in front of me and tell me that's what it is. I'm okay with that. But I realize there's a lot of people out there that, that aren't okay with that and are going to scream, you're pushing this in, onto my kids or you're pushing this in, in, in you know, too much. Um, I thought they did a great job with that movie and, and just doing a good amount. Um, you know, had some flaws, but the story wasn't as good, but, but I thought it was a really good movie. And I thought that was going to be the Disney movie this year. The Disney or the Pixar movie was going to be Luca. Um, but man, I, I can, I very quickly forgot about that movie when I saw on Canto. In fact, I, the only reason I even wrote Luca down on my list was because I went through a list that said of movies that were released this year. And I went, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about Luca. So anyways, number two. All right. So if I were the worst person alive <laughs> and vetoed that, would you have anything close to slotting into your number two? Like, I feel like this was far and away your top pick. Yeah, it, it pretty much was. Um, I do, like I said, I started out on this list with basically five movies in my in my head. Like, I'm going to pick from these five movies. Mm. So I have, this was the fourth one. Um, I know he's got something else in his back pocket, Jordan. I think you should do it. <laughs> not no, only I'm not that gonna, i'm not gonna veto not it, only but... that he can keep up the same theme <laughs> but it might not be the one you're thinking of i just wait i'm sure that you have endless <laughs> lin-manuel miranda it's another musical i'm sure oh. one all right so that leaves the top slot top slot and you got Ooh, it baby man. And I pig, and looking at this list, I'm, I'm feeling pretty pig, good. Pig, 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 pig. Come on, join Finally, me. Finally, truffles, <laughs> truffles for everybody. No, I feel like there's very little... Uh, little doubt. What do you call it? Suspense. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kapow, baby. Spider-Man, no way home. Numero uno. That spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Be careful what you wish for. We started getting some visitors from every universe. The multiverse is real? Looks like we got competition. You're not Peter Parker. I am so confused right now. Parker. Back. You're thinking, hey, I'm about to do something that could break the universe, run it by us next time. Deal. Let's catch some multiverse men. Peter, you're struggling. Look, there has to be another way. There are dangers to our universe. Dinosaur? I'll fix this, but I'm gonna need some help. You're so 
flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. This is why I never had kids. You're not going to take this away from me. Do you know Peter Parker who is Spider-Man? Yes. Is that him? No. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. I got you to pick two of my picks. (laughs) If you listen to our last review, I had a few criticisms about this movie that it's a very simple plot. There's not a lot going on. There's, I mean, it's not a real complex film. It's not, it's not, there's not a lot of like after the initial twists and turns, there's not a lot of surprises. You kind of, we all kind of knew what was going to happen almost, but none of that mattered. We said Endgame was the payoff of 20 movies, and it was all payoff. No Way Home was the payoff to 20 years of <laughs> Spider-Man movies. And it was crowd-pleasing. It was fun. People cheered in the theater. I, there's no criticism I could levy to, 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 to take away from that, and this was, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes and the critics score. Like the fan, fans are basically united on this movie. So yeah, it's just it's it's got to be the number one for us, right? We, uh, I think that's the most Kapow pick we could have. Yeah, that was the other one on my on my top five. That I yeah, that I knew he was going to pick, so I wasn't going to yeah. throw it out there. Yeah, I think um, exactly. Was it, you know, the most innovative uh, superhero movie we've we've ever seen? Not in story, but certainly in just the the idea, the guts it took to even attempt to actually do it uh, using multiple reboots and in a in a time that there are so <laughs> many conflicting contracts. Yes. To, that it was able to be done to get all these guys together and and pull it off that they agreed to do it and between you know, two you know still this was this was Disney Marvel and Sony yeah which is you know that that alone was complicated enough even with a little bit of history uh, of doing the Tom Holland movies but yeah, and I and again, on top of that, maybe maybe what you know there it was some flash, you know it was a it was a stunt, it was a good stunt, and honestly, mm-hmm. it may you know it had some emotional moments to it, and I thought it was one of Tom Holland's best performances, as you know, like he was really dug in and you know feeling it throughout, and like like we said had said in our review, you know the idea of this loner Peter Parker actually being able to, you know, find somebody who can understand what it's like to be Peter Parker. Just, he just had to find some more Peter Parkers. <laughs> and then the, the way that they, you know, were able to tie in all the villains and make, give them resolutions, you know, all of these things 
worked. They worked for me. And I, so I'm, I was definitely happy with it. Again, wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but it's, it's was close. It was like in my top five and, and I, you know, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And it plays on that, that everything's nostalgia now, but like, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out in 2002. I had just graduated college. I was a comic book nerd. Like this is pre MCU. This is like, you know, and that movie meant a lot to me, but there are people younger than me who were literal, you know, children who that was their first experience and love Spider-Man because of it. And then there's slightly older kids who love the Andrew Garfield movies and the new, the new fans who are, you know, obsessed with the, the MCU. And it just, it, it rode that whole wave. Like this is literally, literally 20 years, two decades yeah. of fandom for, you know, the most iconic comic book character there is because of these movies, you know, that has, has, has been so impactful in pop culture and it just it, threw threw him into a two hour soup and <laughs> served yeah, it to all of us. This we was, ate it up. this was what Endgame was for us for my, you know, my son liked Endgame, but this was more impactful to him, you know, just yeah. despite the, the specifically Spider-Man, like you're saying, just, he grew up, you know, we, uh, you know, he started with the Tobey Maguire stuff and went on and, it, you know, so it was just a little more personal to him, but then the end game stuff. So, you know, yeah, I think, uh, Spider-Man's so beloved that a lot of people connected to this. Well, and, you know, I started off the list with just going, what was fun to see this year? You know, what was a good experience? Oh, I watched and this. It's not home. even close. It's right. not even close. I watched yeah. 8-Bit Christmas and I had a, I put it on my list because I had a great time watching it with my family and much the same way, No Way Home, going to the theater and just experiencing it, people yelling, clapping, you know, just having a great time um, throughout the entire movie. Just, you don't get that experience very often. I think we did it. Um, <laughs> although I'd have been fine, uh, Jordan, if you said the best moment of the year was Nick Cage making that chef re-examine his entire life in the middle of his <laughs> restaurant in Pig. That was a pretty good moment. Spider pigs, spider pigs. So let's get a few uh, honorable mentions here, if you have any. Well, my, my five... Would have been in, you know, six months from now, my top five would be Licorice Pizza, French Dispatch, Ooh. Tra- Tragedy of Macbeth, the Cohen Brother movie, Red Rocket, and of course, The Forever Purge. <laughs> of course. New Purge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I saw but French. But just Di- haven't, haven't got yeah. to see any of this. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was French Dispatch. Where is that on your list? It's really good. It's it's it was like eleven for me. I think it it's a excellent. It's a it's a very good Wes Anderson. So yeah, you'll like it. Um, yeah, I think it's going to need some time to breathe, though. You know, it's such a new movie. Um, a lot of a lot of great stuff. You know, when you don't get to make very many picks, there are some things left off, <laughs> but uh. I was what, you know, 
Dune came out this year. It just was a little clinical, was not fun, like you said. I liked it. It's it was a, it was my number ten, but uh, it's you know it's not gonna make this list. Um, I actually liked Hat Damon in Stillwater, which was a movie about a guy whose daughter. It's kind of an Amanda Knox type situation. His daughter gets arrested in another country, and he has to try to get her out. Um, that was pretty good. Um, I was on the side of liking Don't Look Up. A lot of people, that's a the most polarizing movie of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's the first one in my good enough section. Like, yeah. it, it was good, but something about it just didn't. didn't it, it was, it, it it was like, it. you know how people say cilantro? Some people think it tastes like soap. I think you just, this movie was that. Some people, it just tastes like soap to them. They're like, it's too much a on-the-nose satire. And for me, it didn't, that stuff didn't bother me. I actually found a lot of it, thought a lot of it was funny, but was smiling the whole time. And I literally, the joke, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's obsession with why that one guy charged them for candy bars is the joke of the year. That was my favorite part of of the year. That was my favorite part. Best moment in a movie of the year is every time she surprised me with with still thinking about that because I would still be thinking about it. That would be me too, yeah. <laughs> so that was great. And I like the ending. I like the I like the ending and I like the mid credits ending. Like the so I like the way it wrapped up. Um, a little emotional and then then some funny stuff. And so it was good. Um, don't want to spend too much time on that. The only other thing I would mention is the rescue, that documentary on Disney is one of the most on uh, if you have not watched it yet, Cliff, mm, not yet. <laughs> like it's good, but the story it the, the the movie's good, the story is unbelievable. It's like how they got this soccer team out of these caves mm-hmm. is when you find out how it's like you did what it's good. So definitely recommend the rescue. You guys have any honorable mentions? Uh, we hinted at it. Tick, tick, boom. Andrew Garfield, yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda's, uh, was Directed the director. It. Um, Palmer was a movie on Apple plus Justin Timberlake that um was way better than i ever expected it to be um he just you know he plays a guy fresh out of jail that uh goes home to his grandmother who is basically taking care of this poor child that has a horrible mother and is um dealing with some gender issues and as a, as a child in school and being made fun of and a whole lot of stuff. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, we didn't mention Shang-Chi legends of the 10 ring. We didn't or, mention black widow or black widow or um, eternals or, or eternals. Well, well, black widow was in my top 10. Yeah. I had black widow and I had Shang-Chi um, eight, and nine, and then, which I thought both were really good. Eternals was the, but but I really did enjoy those. 
Um, and another animated movie I had at seven was the Mitchells versus the machines that I just thought. Yeah, was, I didn't love that as much as everybody else, but I, I really I liked it. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to come across good animation anymore. And, uh, and I thought this was, this was really good. I think it was a DreamWorks movie. I could be wrong, but, yeah, I think so. but, um, yeah, I, I thought the story was pretty, pretty good good enough and uh that's about all i all i had that i didn't mention so i had that down at the bottom of my list i was i watched i paid to rent venom 2 let there be carnage <laughs> because i was so afraid i was missing something after spider-man the high of spider-man yeah i'm like I'm, i swear I, I must have missed something in venom 2 i gotta watch this and it was quite a turkey i know i yeah you you liked the original the first venom more than i did but this one i don't think it worked I didn't even watch this because it. Yeah. I heard. I heard it's not what the first one was. The first yeah. one was just ludicrous. This was just bad. And then I also really was disappointed in Matrix Resurrections. I watched it when it came out right before Christmas, mm-hmm. and I had been really busy and like I had a bunch of stuff getting ready for Christmas, and I was like, it was getting really late at night. Like I got to watch this movie, and like, but I was still excited. I wanted to watch it. But it was like it was almost putting me to sleep. I was just not into it. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't know if it's the circumstances watching it, but I didn't know what was going on and I didn't care to know. So yeah, I was just I, really I think it was the uh, just I thought nothing. it was the worst movie of the year that I saw. Yeah. And no, I didn't hate it as much as you guys. I, I didn't it was, it was nowhere near up on my list, but I liked the uh, focusing on the love story between you know those two and there was a lot of fluff though that was a, that was unnecessary and a boring but but i did like a few moments between the two of them where he yeah. kind of deferred to her and i yeah. i did like that yeah the concept was fine the, the whole thing of the video game and all that stuff and they had moments but just flat just completely flat yep. for me it just didn't do it a yep. uh, couple biopics I liked. Being the Ricardos was pretty good. I watched that. that was the the prime one about mm-hmm. Lucy and uh, Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, has uh, Nicole Kidman as Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, uh, King Richard, the the tennis doc yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Will Smith. That was pretty solid. I just like the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, uh, Jessica I just Chastain. Yeah, as uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, I, I said I, it was. I know there's a documentary with the same name. I I, I think I'd I'd rather watch and get the true story because mm-hmm. I don't think these you don't really need to dramatize these people are drama <laughs> <laughs> drama filled yeah. anyway. So like I don't know you really had to crank that out. But uh, and I the minute I watched Annette, this musical movie, I feel like I have to talk about this because i can't believe it even exists so did you ever get to see a net i i watched some of it okay and then something some i do something and i never returned to it it took i think it took me four viewings to get through it i might try again i went about time. 20 minutes at a time it's just weird it's weird adam driver marion cotillard and a puppet baby that looks kind of like a monkey <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why and, I, you know, yeah, I, yeah, seems like it's got all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> puppy, monkey, baby. Puppy was like <laughs> Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Uh, literally, I've never seen anything like it. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. 
And there were a bunch of movies this year that were like similar themed, like revenge action movies. Nobody, yeah. uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, and Kate, like these lone, you know, amazing fighters, you know, fighting through a hundred different people. I liked all of them. They're, they're all very similar movies, but I thought they were all really, really good. <clears throat> and I had, we're doing this, um, a little bit earlier than normal. Like the Oscar nominations haven't even been released yet, so we don't even know what's they'll be copying off of us. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure they will. But I do <laughs> yeah. have the golden I have all the Golden Globe winners that was not broadcast. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't a a uh a, a, a there show? wasn't a broadcast, but they announced who won. And this is usually like oh this this leads into what are gonna be the Oscar nominations, but it felt like nobody cared. I figured we just uh, double check if they got them right or not. So, best director was Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Best supporting actor, Cody Smith McPhee, Power of the Dog. Supporting actress was Ariana DeBose, uh, Anita from West Side Story. She was good. So, those, those, yeah, that's pretty good picks. Um, so, best actress in a musical or comedy nominees were Marion Cotillard for Annette. Alana Heim, Licorice Pizza, Jennifer Lawrence, Don't Look Up, and Emma Stone for Cruella. Mm. That's weird. But the winner was Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, played Maria. Should have been, should have been Heim or Heim or whatever. So yeah, that, the Golden Globes are so weird. They do that musical or comedy thing that people try yeah. to squeeze into. They think that's the easier win, quote unquote. Yeah. So yeah, that, those are kind of odd nominees to stack up against you. Uh, Best Actor, Musical or Comedy. Nominees, Leo DiCaprio for Don't Look Up. Peter Dinklage in Cyrano. Cooper Mm. Hoffman for Licorice Pizza. And Anthony Ramos for In the Heights. But the winner was Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. It was good. Yeah, a lot of these... these I didn't didn't hear any Simon Rex. What happened? No, no. Globes don't... And also, the Golden Globes are famous for nominating... People like Leonardo DiCaprio because they want to yeah. hang out with they him. They want him to come to the awards show. Yeah, they want stuff. him to be there. They want to uh, rub elbows with him. Yeah. But there was no show. Oh, the so. Golden Globes are garbage. Yeah, Go so on. Why are we even talking about it? Uh, <laughs> Best Actress in a Drama. Uh, nominees were Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. Lady Gaga in House of Gucci. And Kristen Stewart or Spencer, the Diana movie. I saw that. And the winner was Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardo. Or Give me a break. The Ricardo. So I yeah. enjoyed that because, you know, but she's not doing anything great. She's no, yeah. she's not acting like a Lucy. Yeah, it was weird. I, I started to watch it. I fell asleep 10 minutes into it and I woke <laughs> up and the credits were rolling. <laughs> it was, it was different. Best Actor for a Drama. Nominees were Mahershala Ali in Swan Song. Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardo. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. And Denzel Washington in Macbeth. But the winner was Will Smith in King Richard. Oh, my. Hmm. So, yeah, these are very mainstream picks along the... (laughs) Not not too far off from Capow. And the best movies of the year, musical or comedy, nominees were Cyrano, Don't Look Up, 
Licorice Pizza, and Tick Tick Boom, with the winner being West Side Story. And Best Drama nominees, Belfast, which a lot of people have been talking about that. Mm. Uh, Coda, I believe that's a foreign film, I believe. No, Coda's that is one. It? The girl girl has is a child of death, deaf adults, whatever else. Oh, yeah. about. okay, I'm thinking of something different. Okay. Uh, Dune, okay. And King Richard, but the winner was The Power of the Dog. Is that Cyrano movie even out? I don't know. Uh, I've seen the the trailer Somewhere. a couple times, but I haven't seen it in theaters. But it, it might be those limited release things just to get it in time yeah. for the awards. So yeah, if that means anything, that might be what your uh, similar Oscar picks might be, or they might not be. Who knows? <laughs> it might be Spider-Man well, we all the way down. We did it. Another one in the books. Wow. It's probably the seventh time we've done that, I guess. Good yeah. work. Good work. All right. Well, see you And those were the Poobah Awards. Oh, I love that song. Ring down the curtain and turn out the light. <laughs> Tell Lynn Manuel Miranda to write some new songs. <laughs> And we'll see you next year. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Uh, bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.